everyone, Matt Williamson here. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Check them out. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, usually on Wednesdays during the season, we preview the upcoming opponent with some general stuff. I'm going to take a little detour, though, today, because first of all, the, the Bengals are a team the Steelers have already played and they're very familiar. I do have all my usual information, but I'm still putting that all together and we'll dig in heavy on that tomorrow. But something I meant to do last week or just during the buys in general was a big picture podcast here and let all of you you know know about the upcoming free agents for this class. And Steelers just won. You know, it's not exactly time to be talking, oh, big picture thinking. Should they resign this guy? Should they resign that guy? But I want you guys to know the names whose contracts are expiring just so you can look at them in a different light for the second half of the season. Because really, they're all auditioning for the Steelers and other teams. You know, is that uh, somebody you'd consider bringing back? Or only if the deal's right? Or is it a priority? Or who cares? You know, get good riddance, you know. And remember, you know, Omar Khan is now the GM of the team who is a cap guy. I mean, it's a little hard to tell, but they're going to be very, how do I say this? Because Omar's done a great job of the cap for a while and has been in charge of it and has done a great job. But maybe there's a different way of spending. You know, I mean, a cap guy in charge, I think, is just an interesting wrinkle. Kevin's been doing it forever, and now it's Omar, you know, and he has a cap background. I'll just leave it at that, I guess. So a couple things, big picture here, is I just pulled up all the numbers. As it stands right now, November 15th, the Steelers have $19 million in cap space for next year which was lower than I remembered, to be honest with you, but they've reworked some deals and stuff like that. That's about middle of the pack. However, they still have $5 million this year that I'm sure they'll use a little bit here and there, um, but they can roll that over to next year. That brings you to 24. There are some two-year deals they signed, You know, guys like Witherspoon, Wallace. A lot of their signings this year were two-year deals that they can easily get out of and open up some space. Like, I'm not sure Witherspoon's safe. You know, Chooks is. Uh, what do you do with Trubisky? You know, things like that. But not breaking down all those individually. But you'll make some space with some of those guys you decide not to pick up the second year. Uh, I also think there's some obvious restructures in place to, to open up more cap space. Cam Hayward absolutely comes to mind as well. But I'm not going to get that far in the weeds. Um, as of right now... They have 36 players under contract for next year. And some of those might not even make the team. I mean, some of those are six-round picks that are fighting for jobs. But that's still a pretty good number because the core is in place. And a huge reason for that, you know, is and a huge reason why they're down to 19 for next year in terms of available cap space as it stands right now, is they re-signed Watt. They re-signed Deontay. They re-signed Minka. That's phenomenal. You know, I mean, you guys can fight about, oh, they gave Deontay too much money, whatever. But those three core players aren't going anywhere. And as you'll see when I go down this list, there really isn't someone coming up that is just stands out in terms of 
boy, he's going to be tough to resign. And, oh, by the way, you have a rookie quarterback contract. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. So they have 36 guys under contract. And for the most part, they're basically the right 36. So let's go through the 22 upcoming free agents. Now, that sounds like a lot. I mean, that's close to half a roster. 22 guys are going to be a free agent? Yeah, but that doesn't mean... 31 other teams are going to be beating down the door of these 22 players. I mean, this is a normal offseason in terms of number of players ready to hit free agency. Some of them will be lucky to get a contract at all. And when you go through those names, you can easily say, huh, they're not going to miss that guy. Or, boy, no one's going to give him anything. You can bring him back at a, a cheaper deal or the same deal. Or what happened to Terrell Edmonds this past offseason? Goes, hits free agency, starter, doesn't get anything he loves, bring him back. You know, so... It doesn't mean you have to fight the world for these guys the day free agency opens and overpay them to bring them back. I think that goes without saying. So I went to Spot Track, pulled up the Steelers UFAs for next year. And the way that they have this you know, listed is what their average contract is for 2022. So at the top of the list is Larry Ogunjobi. Well, his average contact's $8 million a year. I mean, most teams have guys that are $12 million, $15 million, $20 million hitting the market. So, you know, if he's your biggest ticket item based on what they've made, because a lot of these guys are, are you know, coming off rookie deals as well, and they haven't made a lot. And fortunately and unfortunately, they don't have someone coming off a rookie deal, namely, you know, Devin Bush that was highly drafted and far exceeded expectations and is going to break the back. But Joby, some of these will just brush off super fast. I'm interested. Uh, he's not a slam dunk to bring back for me. I certainly am interested. If you know me by now, more linemen, the better. Um, I, I think that he should be in the mix. The dollars have to be right. Certainly goes without saying, but with him as much as anyone, I would see how the second half of the season goes. How does Cam Hayward hold up? But I also think one of your high picks, and you can't have everything in the draft, might be the next Cam Hayward, which does that leave room for Ogunjobi? You know what I mean? I lean towards yes, because there's a name on here that I probably would move on from that we'll get to. Um Mason Rudolph is a free agent. And the other thing I meant to say before we start getting into names is it probably won't apply this year, but the comp formula is important here too. And the reason why it probably won't apply for this offseason is my hunch is, and you'll probably like the sounds of this, the Steelers will bring in more value than they lose. So Mason Rudolph's a perfect example. Like, are they going to bring back Mason Rudolph? The only way I see them bringing back Mason Rudolph is if someone offers you a fourth round pick for Trubisky and you make Rudolph the two. And actually, I think that's a great idea. I just don't know if someone's offering you a fourth or a third or whatever for Trubisky, but it's possible. You know, I mean, someone could look at him as the stopgap. Then you call Rudolph back up, say, hey, you're we love you as a two. You know, the system won't make a ton. I mean, right now he's making five million, which isn't bad at all um, for a backup that you trust. And if you can get a pick out of it and dump Trubisky's salary, I don't mean that Trubisky needs to go. That's not what I'm saying. He's a, he's a bum. Get rid of him. I want to bring him back. But if I can open up a big chunk of cap space, a reasonable chunk of cap space with Trubisky's money, 
as well as get a mid-round pick for him and call Mason, I don't think you lose much. You gain more, you know. So that would be my situation with Rudolph. But why I brought him up for um, comp pick stuff is quarterbacks make money. I mean, if he's on the open market, this might shock some of you, but he might get eight million as a on a three-year deal as a long-term backup to whoever drafts Bryce Young. You know what I mean? Something like that. And that's good for the Steelers. You want the guys to leave. The bottom line is you want the guys to leave to sign huge contracts. Like Jesse James left. And I know some people, that was a couple years ago, people were like, man, you got, why, you got to bring back Jesse James. He's a local guy. Well, the line's overpaid him. And in the end, you got a comp pick for him. You know, like you won that deal. Again, I bet they bring in more than they lose. But letting some of these guys go can pay off comp pick wise as well. You know, so that, that's a factor. Uh, Joby's a big, maybe leaning towards. Yes. Rudolph is only if Trubisky's not in the mix. Uh, we'll be back and buzz through the rest of this list. I think you'd be pretty encouraged because if I would have been around last year doing this or the year before, been a lot scarier than this group. They're really set up well. We're back. We talked about Ogan, Joby, and Rudolph. Bush is next on the list. I think it's just a no. I mean, it might be better for all involved just to move on. I would be curious. He might be a perfect example, kind of like we were talking about Edmonds. You know, like if he if he tests the open market, does anybody really give him a big deal? Or is he hanging around a month after free agency opens and you're – plan on drafting a linebacker in the third round. You still have Jack and he's available and you want to add him to the mix and you don't guarantee him anything. Maybe, you know, the fact that you overspent for him and the draft doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it's a sunk cost such as life. Um, that, that looks like a miss, but his second half of the season could change my mind. I'd be shocked if it does, to be very honest with you, you know, not that he stinks. It's just, I went better there. You know I mean? Am I going to give him a contract? Probably not as a starter, as an answer. I'd like better there. Um, probably my biggest priority of, there's two that come to mind. Actually, there's three. And they're all guys in the secondary that I would like to bring back and I have high hopes for. It's Cam Sutton. He's, he's only 27 years old. He can do a lot of things for you. I think that's a piece of the secondary you just want to have. You know, you have some cap space. You don't have to have somebody you like that's smart, that you groomed, leave. He could play some safety if he had to, but that's not why you're signing him. He's an outside corner. He's a slot corner. He has some leadership to him. That's somebody that usually there's a handful of dudes that as soon as the season ends, before free agency opens, are your priorities. You start talking to them before they hit the open market. I think Sutton is probably my first call in, in terms of, we want you to be a stealer, you know, and I don't know why he wouldn't. Derek Watt is next on the list. I understand his brother's here. He is, I don't know if you guys understand that he is a phenomenal special teams player. Um, if you give him another 3 million-ish, that's kind of the going rate for core 
top 20 special teams players. Like that's what Matikiewicz met, made in when he went to Buffalo. Three to five-ish in that neighborhood. I'm cool with it. Um, what I'd like to see before making a final answer on that, and again, none of these are final. we got a lot more football to play. Does the fullback usage ramp up a little bit with Claypool out? You know, we talked about this yesterday. How did they replace Claypool? Well, they replaced him with like four different dudes. And is Watt going to be one of those? Are we going to see a little more fullback involved in the offense? If so, I'm cool with giving him a similar deal. I know some of you saw Derek Watt's the most expensive guy on the offense. Well, that's kind of fiction cap numbers, to be honest with you. It doesn't mean he's making the most. He has had the biggest cap hit there for a while. Um, but he has value, mostly on special teams. I don't put a lot of weight into, let's keep him and brother together. You know, I mean, that's, that's not really how the league works. But <laughs> if JJ called and said, hey, I got two more years. Why don't I play for 50% of what I'm worth? And the three of us all roll down the road together. I'm cool with that. You know, hey, all right. Um, Jesse Davis. You guys might be like, who the heck's Jesse Davis again? That's the guard they got from the Dolphins. I know nothing more about him now than I did then. I would think you're adding something, probably two people to the line to get rid of the Jesse Davises of the world. Um, if you listen to me at all, you're going to know this is an easy one. Um, Tyson Alualu, I think the time to get on with your life, life's work, Tyson. Um, I think Adams is fine as a nose, but another big body that isn't currently on the team probably is going to be on the wish list, um, not Alualu. Thanks for your service. It was great, but this year is just not good enough. No reason to think that's going to change. Uh, Marcus Allen is a free agent. Honestly, bye. Uh, I, I'm a little shocked he's lasted this long. I get that he's a very good special teamer. They will not put him on the defense. Um, I think there's, yeah, uh, I mean, that's all I'll say on Allen. I just don't see any value in, in keeping Allen, to be honest with you. Off, off, off you go. An easy one. Um, Edmonds is another one I'm certainly interested in. Would you love a Derwin James at strong safety? Sure. I think Edmonds has done enough, though, that he's in that Sutton category of let's talk after the year, two or three year deal. And you tried this last year and maybe you don't want to go down that road again. Maybe it wasn't a great experience for you. You seem happy here. We like you. You like us. You fit the defense. Compliment make a well. Not going to break the bank for you, but we'll give you a raise. I'm cool with that. Spillane, you guys know I'm rough on Spillane. Can you afford to lose Bush and Spillane? Yeah, you can afford to. I mean, you might need Mark Robinson to step up or somebody, some other guy. They like Spillane more than I do. I mean, that's obvious. He played every snap last week. Kind of blows me away, but there were injuries at play as well. Um I don't really want Spillane, but he's a good special teamer. If he can keep him off the defense and break in case of emergency at linebacker, fine. I can't see many. I can't see him getting a big offer at all. I mean, he's making. Can you give him three million and bring him back? Maybe. Um, probably the same is true for Malik Reed, free agent. He's another one. I'm going to call incomplete. You know, we saw a lot of him with Watt out, and didn't exactly scream you have to bring that him back but if he's in the rotation you know i've heard many people and i don't disagree with it the better invest in another edge because you can't always count on watt being healthy and highsmith's going to be a free agent one of these days soon and you know maybe your second round pick should be an edge 
And then if Reed's your four, you're in really good shape. If he's your three, questionable. I mean, but I still want to see more, but we have seen a lot. And it wasn't been screaming, you got to bring him back. Chris Wormley's another one. He's fine. Um, but if you're going to invest in Ogunjobi, I think Wormley and Alulud are just gone. If Ogunjobi prices himself out, uh, I could see a one-year deal for Wormley. Same role. Hopefully... A little less snaps, you know, he's your fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. He's fine, but so be it, you know. Uh, and the last one I really want to address that you, I think you need to bring back as well, and we haven't seen much of them yet, is KZ. But if you could invest in KZ, Edmonds, and Sutton, um, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, I think you, you <laughs> I guess that's mixed feelings because it's not like secondary has been outstanding, Williamson. We're going to bring the exact one back. Kind of. You haven't seen KZ yet. I'm also planning on drafting a corner really high. I don't want to draft the safety high. I want to bring back KZ, Edmonds, and Minka. So he's somebody I would give money. But again, let's not, you know, one game and uh, what you saw of him before he was in a Steeler uniform is what I'm basing that off of. Um, so we'll see. I mean, maybe he falls on his face. But I'm a fan of KZ. I love the, the pick when they made it. Trenton Scott is an offensive lineman. Adios. Carl Joseph's been with this team. You know, he, he's like a cockroach that won't die. Adios. Probably would have some interest in bringing back Miles Boykin on a one-year deal. Uh, he played about 15 snaps this past week. If he's still in that neighborhood and making plays and continues to be a really, really good special teamer, he can be my fifth receiver. And he's a hard worker. He blocks. So, yeah, I mean, again, these aren't high-priority dudes. Uh, Jameer Jones is another one. He's my fourth outside linebacker and great special teamer. If he wants to do that again with the same contract, maybe give him 10% more or something like that. Cool. Benny Snell, I know you guys are going, that's an easy one. Get rid of him. That's probably the answer. I mean, it probably is. I mean, his only value is special teams. Um, again, if he wants to sign a league minimum deal to run down on kickoffs for you again, okay. And if uh, disaster happens and he has to be a running back, okay. Um, JC Hassenauer, maybe my problem with him is he's only a center. You know, I mean, you want only one guy can get hurt for him to see the field and it's not great when he does, it's not horrible, but he could be in camp next year and not be assured a job. Fine. Uh, Matthew Wright, kicker gone. James Pierre is another one, especially if you lose Sutton. Um, he may have more value to the Steelers than he does other teams. You know, I mean, he's he's proving to be an NFL player, if not better than that. You know, I mean, maybe a third corner in the, the scheme of the corner landscape. So I would keep him within arm's distance, you know, that, or maybe he's even somebody that you just sign right away and is happy to make some money. I mean, you got to think like these guys think a little bit in that, by NFL standards, not by my and your standards, you know, he hasn't really made any money. I mean, and he's played a lot of football. If you give him a, a deal before the market breaks with a little signing bonus, the Pierre family's dancing in the streets because they got a nice chunk in the bank account. You get him cheap. He's your fourth corner. Maybe your first round pick doesn't work out. You can live with him. I'd like to see him in camp or in the mix next year. And yeah, I mean, he's guaranteed a roster spot, basically, but he's not guaranteed anything else. And here's the last one for me on a list, and I don't know what to do about him. And I'm not even sure that the rest of the season is going to tell the story. But Zach Gentry, 
he's not going to make anything in the open market. So he'd be easy to bring back, obviously. I just think that, I think I mentioned this yesterday, that the more I see him out there, the more I think defenses are happy when you put him out there. But there is value to a quality double tight end set. And him and Hayward are really not in the same position. I mean, they're both tight ends, but they're very different. And you do want a blocker. Is he good enough? I guess. Um, I mean, some of these dudes that we just talked about the last five minutes are, yeah, I'll settle for him. You know, like I like Pierre better than that. But I think Gentry's closer to the Snells and Jamar Jones and Miles Boykins than he certainly is the Cam Suttons of the world or even a Pierre, you know. So if he left, so be it. You can easily find something like that. Tight ends get a little more on the open market than you'd think. Even guys like this, I mentioned Jesse James. He's in that neighborhood, I guess. But he just offers so little as a receiver. Nothing after the catch. No dynamic qualities that if he goes, oh, well. All right. I mean, again, I meant to do that last week during the bye, but then trades happened and other ideas popped up. So that was a midseason report. Keep an eye on those players through a different lens as you watch them. Do you want to bring them back? Is it a priority or eh, get him out of here? Or eh, if the offer's right, he could be my 45th guy on the roster. You know, I mean, that's how these teams look at things. And that's I'm trying to contribute to you. All right. Take care. We'll see you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.